Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Praise God. Let's give that to the Lord. Can we do that? Praise the Lord. And let's give the Lord a shout of praise here tonight because he is worthy of the praise. I feel so good in this house. I think we ought to just praise the Lord just because he's been good to me. Hallelujah. If you're breathing, you should be praising. Hallelujah. I feel victory in this house here tonight. I feel the victory of the Lord in here. I don't feel no doom and gloom spirit in this house. I feel the victory of the Lord in here. Mm. Praise the Lord. And I give honor to all of you wonderful people. And I thank the Lord for this church and how important it is in the landscape of what God has planned prophetically in the earth. I'm going to try that one more time so the rest of you will get it. This church is very important prophetically in the landscape of what God has planned in the end time. Now you have to understand something. God declares the end from the beginning. So what you're sitting in now, now what you were in before was nothing compared to what God had planned in your tomorrows. So when God had this property in mind, he didn't have it in mind for today. He had it in mind for what he was going to do in your tomorrows. Okay, yeah, all right. Now, I'm, I'm not sure the seating capacity of this building. What is the seating capacity? Rough 700. I would propose to you that you're sitting in a standing in a building right now that can sit 5,000. Okay, I'm going to say it one more time. You're standing in a building right now that can set 5,000. Now, somebody said, how is that possible? Because they just said the seating capacity is 700. That's what you can fit on one day. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to have to get out of this one day a week mentality because God is shifting something in the atmosphere where we can put seven in here, 700 in here on Sunday. We could put 700 in here on Monday. We could put 700 here. Oh. 
That's why you've got to have your identity recovered. That's why you've got to have your identity to be changed. And, and uh, you have to see yourself the way God sees you because you're an active part of what God's got planned. Praise the Lord. Whew. This is a five. This is this is a five thousand member church right now. Okay, praise the Lord. So I give honor to all of you, and I give honor to the pastor, the bishop of this house. I thank God for Bishop Gleason and his wonderful family. Okay. So. So I'm going directly to the word of the Lord. Uh, the word of the Lord, according to the. Gospel of Jeremiah, chapter number 16, verse number 14. This whole service has been tailor-made. Now, I'm going to ask you all not to go outside, out there into the hallway. I came in, and I smelled all that barbecue. And I didn't want to come in. Praise the Lord. If you get out there, you'll be hunting it like a hound dog after a rabbit. Trying to find out where it's at. And then you may not want to come in. You'll be back there taking a nap. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah chapter number 16, verse number 14. Therefore, this whole service has been tailor-made for this message. Every song, every comment has been tailor-made for this service. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But this is what they're going to say in place of that. The Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them, and I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. Revelation chapter number one, verse number five and six. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from, his, from our sins in his own blood and had made us kings and priests unto God. And the church say amen. amen. This weekend is about recovery. Last night, we dealt with the recovery of our identity. Tonight, I have come with a word from the Lord for this church. Tonight, I will preach to you from this subject, the return of the exiled kings. The return of the exiled kings. There is going to be another recovery we will participate in before the rapture of the church. And I want us to lift our hands and get an expectation and begin to pray with all the faith that we can muster up and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and ask the Lord to help us to participate in what he wants to do here tonight. In the name of Jesus.
Lord, I loose the gift of faith and I loose revelation and understanding here tonight. I ask you to loose your angels into this building to work with us and to partner with us here tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I magnify you and I thank you for what you shall do and are doing in the name of Jesus. If you believe the Lord's going to do a great work and you're going to work with him, I want you to clap your hands to the Lord and give the Lord a shout of praise here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I know it's Saturday night, but we ought to be praising the Lord. This is not a Sunday only church. Praise the Lord. If you're going to help us preach, you can sit down, but whatever you do, don't go to sleep, get the lazy boy mentality or anything like that, because we are going to be on board with what God's going to do. Now, I have a small, um, if I may say it this way, I have a small problem, and I think that the Lord has provoked me with this. And so we have this issue, Brother Chandler. Oh, we're so glad to have the Chandlers here tonight. I, didn't they do such a phenomenal job? Highly anointed of God. You ought to thank the Lord for them and praise the Lord for their, their uh, walk with God and their anointing. Praise God. But Brother Chandler, I have this um, this deal that's been stirring in my spirit, I cannot get away from. And I have begun to recognize why we have gotten stuck, as it were, in this um, crying all the time. Mm. Uh, you must understand that without praise, you'll never get a miracle. I can't get away with it. I can't get away from it because it is absolutely true. Without praise, you will never get a miracle. You see, worship is very valuable. Worship, we cannot do away with worship, because, but worship is where intimacy happens. Worship is where God begins to write his laws on the tables of your heart. I got to looking at this, man, I, I, I've got to be careful because I feel so much going on in this building right now. I've got to be careful that I don't miss what God has sent me here to say to this people. But I would like for you to understand with me, I was, uh, the Lord told me one day, I was sitting there, I know I don't look old enough to have a recliner, but I do at my house, it's sitting over there in the corner, and uh, I'm 43 years old, y'all, so it's not, I'm not old, it's just a place to relax. Hallelujah. And while I was sitting there in my recliner, the Spirit of God speaks to me, and he says, you should study the distance between, um, you should study the distance between Beersheba and the Mount of God. And God has to talk to me like that, because I'm just not going to get on it on my own, I don't think, and because uh, I'm not smart enough to come up with that. But he says to me, you should study the distance between Beersheba and the Mount of God. And uh, as you well know, it was Elijah that when he was on a run from, uh, from Jezebel, uh, he ran 
to Beersheba first, and then if that wasn't uh, good enough, he went from Beersheba to the Mount of God. So I inquired of Brother Google, <clears throat> hallelujah, I had y'all thinking, I said, I, y- y'all thought I was going to say I inquired of the Lord. No, I inquired of Brother Google, thank the Lord. And uh, you just got to love technology. Now, some of that technology, I, 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 I wish we could go back away from. Our lives would be a lot less complicated. Well, hallelujah. Some of you would have a lot more peace if you learned what that delete button was. You'd have a lot more peace if you learned the glorious gift of delete. Praise God. Or ignore. I was in prayer some time ago, and the Lord said to me, he said, uh, I was praying, and you know how we do. Lord, I bind distractions. Lord, I take authority and bind distractions. It was then that the Lord just, uh, I'm going back to Beersheba. Don't worry, I'm going. Praise the Lord. We're going to have fun here tonight, y'all. I'm just going to tell you that. And so uh, he, he said to me, he said, you cannot bind distractions. I said, oh, okay. He interrupts my prayer. I mean, he's God and all, so I guess he can do that if he wants to. He says to me, you cannot bind distractions. He said, you must eliminate them. He said, because they are under your jurisdiction. Well, praise the Lord. I'm going to try that one more time. Don't be asking God to bind stuff when you, as a king and priest, it's under your jurisdiction to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Well, praise the Lord. That went over pretty good. So, so I, I asked Brother Google, I asked Brother Google how far it was from, from Beersheba to the Mount of God. And I discovered that it was 280 miles. And Elijah walked 280 miles to the Mount of God. And I thought to myself, I thought, man, what a beast. This dude is epic. Praise the Lord. I was really getting the party whistles out, Brother Ben, for Brother Elijah there. But just as I got into full swing party mode, the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he said to me, there's one small problem with that. I said, well, just, I said, well, what is the problem? He said, I didn't call him there. He said, I didn't call him there. Elijah went there on his own. And he went 280 miles backwards. Oh, y'all ain't catching it yet. He said, we have, he said, my people have got to quit coming back to the mountain of past experiences. 
Oh, okay. I'm going to try it one more time. We've got to stop going back to mountains that God did not call us to. And God said, he said, if my people keep trying to go back to normal, they're going to get the same answer I gave to Elijah. What are you doing here? Because I'm going to tell the life church, God is not calling us back to normal. God is not calling us back to normal church, whatever that is. I'm going to say it one more time. God's not calling us back to normal. You might as well get it in your spirit right now. There is nothing normal going back to I'm going to tell you why some of you can't shout in this building right now. I'm going to tell you why some of you can't praise God. It's not because God has not been good to you. It's not because God hasn't done anything on your behalf. It's because you have learned how to praise God and you can all you keep looking at is what God will do in your tomorrows. We keep basing our praise on a shall be and not what is. Oh, well, I'm. I've decided to stop saying God, God uh, is going to do it later. I've decided that I'm not just going to be praising God for what he did, for what he's going to do in my tomorrows. I've decided to begin to praise God for what he's currently doing. Well, praise the Lord. I'm telling some of you right now, God's currently healing you in this building. Did you hear what I just said? God's healing you right now. The healing virtue of God is in this building right now. Oh. Right now, God's making a way for your family. Right now, God's making a way for this church to be debt free. Right now, God's making a way. I'm going to tell some of you, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I'm going to tell some of you, you got to get out of that tomorrow mode. And you got to get your praise out of that tomorrow. And you got to get your praise into the today. Woo, somebody better praise God in this building. I feel something stirring in this house. I feel something stirring in this house right now. I feel the gift of faith stirring in this building. God's trying to tell this church, I'm not wanting to do it tomorrow. I'm wanting to do it today. Woo, my God, my God, my God. My God, today God wants this church to be debt free. Today God wants this church to have a breakthrough it's never had. Today, Brother Caleb, God wants you to have an apostolic ministry that'll turn this world upside down. Woo! Now, 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 I'd like the media people to do me a favor. I'm going somewhere. I'd like for them to do me a favor and pull up Psalm 126. Y'all got to get a hold of this. Woo. Somebody shout right now. Today. Today. 
Now, Psalm 126 is a very powerful passage, but you got to look at Psalm 126. Psalm 126, the King James translators, they didn't get it exactly correct. Well, praise the Lord. And the reason why, now watch what they wrote here. This is the word of God. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. Now, the precious translators, they took and wrote this passage in the past tense. Because they didn't believe that the nation of Israel would ever make a comeback. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. They didn't believe that the nation, because they, so what they did was took and wrote it in the past tense. So they said, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, but the way it's originally supposed to be written is when the Lord turns again the captivity of Zion, not past tense. We're not celebrating a victory that happened last year. When the Lord turns again the captivity of Zion, we are like them that dream. Oh, my. We are like them that dream. Give me the next verse, please. Then will our mouth be filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they will say among the heathen, not the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord is doing great things for them. And I would like to propose to this church right now, we got to get out of celebrating what happened 10 years ago. I thank God for what he's done 10 years ago, but I'm not basing my shout on that. I am basing my shout and my praise on what he's doing currently. Because I got news for you. It looks like I've been down and out, but my mouth is going to be filled with laughter before this thing is over. I said our mouth is going to be filled with laughter. Our mouth is being filled with laughter right now because God is revealing. Man, I feel the victory of the Lord in this house. The devil has lied to some of you and got you caught up in a cycle of, of someday, somehow, some way. But I tell you, it's today. Yeah. Woo! Right now. Right now. Well, I just don't see it. Well, I can't help what you see. I'm telling you what God said is happening right now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, I said it last night, and I want you to catch up with it again. You are a king unto God. You are a king unto God. And as a king unto God and a priest, you have jurisdictional authority. Now, 
a king's dominion is tied to a place. Well, praise God. A king's dominion is tied to a place. And I'll prove it to you. If another king comes from another country to this country, uh, they can, they only operate by permission. Well, hallelujah. They only operate by permission. I live in Silsby, Texas. I have authority. I am anointed of God. I am a king and priest unto God. But my realm of jurisdictional authority is in Silsby, Texas. It is in the county where I live. When I leave that region and come to Kansas City, I operate as a king by permission. When you leave, when you are in your place, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. That is not heaven. That is a place to occupy in the kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to let that mess go on in your house you've had going on for 20 years. You don't have to let that junk go on in your house that you've had going on in your family week in and week out and week in and week out. Absolutely not. You are a king and priest. Okay, I got about five of you to believe that. I'm going to say it again. You don't have to let that mess go on in your house. You have absolute authority over it. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. They shall take up serpents. That is not, ladies and gentlemen, that is not going out here and picking up a copperhead. The literal translation literally means to unseat principalities. to unseat principalities. I'm trying to get you caught up with who you are. With who you are. You do not have to let that mess go. You don't have to let the spirit of divorce run rampant in your house. Mm-hmm. You know all that, you know all those clashes you have in your house and you ain't got no peace and you're trying to tell God, God, come down here and do it. God, come down here and take care of it. Come down here and God said, I'm not taking care of that. You're the king and priest of that house. Don't ask God to bring down what you permit. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, that... That didn't go very far, but I'm going to try that one more time. Don't be asking God to bring down what you permit and allow. Mm -hmm. We're not going back to normal. And normal will, I, I don't even know what that means, actually. And thank God we're not going back to normal. We don't need no more normal church services. 
we've got to have unusual moves of God. I'm going to tell you something right now. Stop saying, we've got to stop saying this stuff like nobody wants our message. Nobody wants our doctrine. Nobody wants, that is categorically false, my brother. They do, they do want our message, but they don't want a message that does not demonstrate. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm Brother Caleb, I'm coming after something in here in the Holy Ghost right now. They do want our message, but they want a message that demonstrates. Mm. Well, our young people don't want nothing to do with our doctrine. That is a lie from hell. They do want something to do with our doctrine. But we got to stop telling them God works miracles and then they don't see no miracles. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, well, I'm not sorry. I'm actually excited because God is going to partner with these young people and, and, and people, young people and people in this church and this generation and we're going to have demonstration and we're not going to settle for anything less. At least I'm not. I refuse. I refuse. And so we have absolute authority in the, in the spirit. When you were born again of the water and the spirit, you were transferred into another kingdom. And we are subject to the laws of that kingdom. And Jesus is the king of the kings. Mm -hmm. And so when you are a king, when you are a king, you're always a king. Mm -hmm. Well, praise the Lord. When you're a king, you're always a king. You might be a angry king. You might be, I know this is nobody in here, but you might be a, uh, a king that's a jerk. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You might be a, uh, a dis, uh, you might be a discouraged king, but you are still a king. You might be a backslidden king, but in the eyes of God, you're still a king. And it was God that began to deal with me some time ago. And he said to me, he said, Bobby, I want you to get my church prepared. He said, because I got some kings that are in exile. I got some kings. We're talking about recovery in this church now. Well, I got some kings in exile. Don't you think it's no accident, ladies and gentlemen, that God would bring a man like Ben Bland into this church and put him up here, a man that was an exiled king, but when God got working on him, I don't think you heard what I just said. God sent me to this church to tell this church that God is bringing exiled kings back to this church. There is a return of the exiled kings, and it's not going to happen. It's happening right now. 
Did you hear what I just said? God said, I'm going to partner with the Life Church to bring exiles back into this house. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Well, Brother Wade, we just can't do nothing about it. That devil is a liar and so is his mother-in-law. I come to tell you in this house right now, you are a king and you have jurisdictional authority and you can command that thing that's got them in bondage to turn them loose. So by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name Jesus, I command every addiction that's got a hold of my family to turn them loose right now. Come on, folks, it's time to go to war in this house. Well, you just don't know how addicted they are. I don't care how addicted they are. I am a king and I'm in my place. Some of you don't believe that. You're just clapping your hands right now. I said go to war in the Holy Ghost right now and command them spirits to turn them loose. I command you to turn them loose right now. I command you to turn, I command that depression to turn them loose. I command that discouragement to turn them loose right now. You've got a hold of my family and I command you to let them go. The exiled kings are coming home. I don't know how many exiles are in this city. I don't know how many exiles are in this region. But I say in the name of Jesus, your reasoning is going to return. Come on, that's what we got to begin to pray right now. That while they're in the hog pen, their reasoning comes back. Come on. Are you tired of seeing them in the hog pen yet? Are you tired of seeing the enemy wreck their lives? And you're sitting there acting like there ain't nothing you can do about it? to you Jeremiah 16 14 I read to you Jeremiah 16 14 the days come and saith the Lord where they shall no longer say the Lord liveth that brought us up out of the land of Egypt but instead they're going to say the Lord liveth that brought us up out of the land of the north and to all the places whitherto he had scattered us the Lord was saying now you got to get this for 4,000 years, they've been celebrating that exodus from Egypt. All right. Come on. And God said, one day, 
they're just going to up and stop talking about it. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's like us stopping to talk about 1776. <laughs> Hello? If you don't know what happened on that date, let me just clue you in. It's called Independence Day. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That would be like us. Stop roasting marshmallows and drinking hot chocolate. Well, some of us do. And eating s'mores and letting off fireworks when July 4th comes. We've been doing that our whole existence. But God said, they're not going to talk about it no more. But instead, Brother Chandler, they're going to, they're going to talk about the day that God brought them out of exile. God said, what I'm going to do, my return of the exiled kings is going to be so powerful. It's going to be so powerful that the exodus of Egypt is going to pale in comparison to it. God is saying that the day of Pentecost is going to pale in comparison to the return of the exiles. I'm thankful for the day of Pentecost. I'm thankful for that. But... But God said, I'm bringing the exiles home and that's going to be much more powerful. Mm. He said, I know they're in lands that you don't know where they're at. They're in darkness right now, ma'am, that you have no idea they're in. But God said, I'm going to let their reasoning come back to them. And when I bring their reasoning back to them, they're coming out of that hog pen. They're going to drop the needle on the ground. They're going to drop that joint right where it's at. They're going to get off that bar stool. I'm telling you it's happening right now. Woo! Hey, we're talking about recovery this week, my brother. We've been talking about recovery. How about that kind of recovery? I'm talking about if the exiles start coming in this house, and they are going to, and they are right now, when they start coming, because there's one sitting right over there. Don't believe it? Right over there is your proof. You don't have you don't have a sanctuary big enough. Well, praise the Lord. You don't have a Sunday school wing big enough. You don't have a kids wing big enough. You don't have a youth tab big enough. Because there are exiles all through this county and all through this immediate area. Mm. Now, I'm sitting in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm sitting in Fort Worth, Texas some time ago. And while I'm sitting there, uh, I, was, I was 
The Lord asked me a question. Now, God don't ask questions he don't have answers to. He just wants to see if you'll try to figure it out, you know. So, and finally, after a few questions, I figured out I don't have the answers. I'll just let him answer. Praise the Lord. You don't have the answer either. Some of you just ain't been smart enough to figure that out yet, but you'll figure it out here in a minute. I, I know that sounds bad, but I'm not joking. Some of y'all go on and live your life and act like, you know, well, we'll just get Jesus as some kind of, you know, some kind of backup plan. If this, my little, my college degree don't work for me. And God's like, well, I'll let you try it on your own, try to figure that out. But anyway, so God never asks questions that he don't have answers to. So he says, ask me, he says, how come it's going to be greater? Why is the return of the exiles going to be greater? I said, well, I don't know. Oh, Lord, thou knowest. <laughs> and then he brings me to this passage of scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 12. <clears throat> and the scripture says that when the spirit is gone out of a man, it walks through dry places looking for rest. And when it finds none, it comes back to the place from whence it came, and it finds it swept and garnished. Mm -hmm. And he brings unto himself seven more spirits worse than himself. I said, oh, yes. God said to me, the reason why it's going to be greater is because I'm going to have to give them seven times the deliverance. Oh, I don't think you heard. He said, I'm going to have to give them a deliverance that is seven times greater than their initial breakthrough and their initial conversion. Well, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to try it one more time. For those of you that think your family is too far gone and that those kings are too far gone, God said, I'm going to give a, a deliverance that is seven times greater than what they had at their initial conversion. So don't tell me God ain't going to do it. Don't you tell me God's not doing it because he's doing it right now. Somebody shout, he's doing it right now. They're coming out of their, they're, they're coming out of the hog pen. He's raisining his coming to them right now right now come on somebody lift your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost I feel the presence of God in here It doesn't matter what, because I got news for you. Not only are they coming back, but their kids are coming with them. They got about seven others that are coming with them. And they've been messed up. And they've been turned around. And hell's done everything he can do. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost on me in this house. I feel the boldness of the Holy Ghost. And I'm just prophesying right now to every prodigal in the hog pen. Not only are you coming, but your kids are coming with you. Your mama's coming with you. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off. Woo, 
heba hayada katoya la masuto makaila hashata. The promise is unto you and to your children and to those that are afar off. They're in a far country. got a brother that's in exile right now. His name is Kevin. He's far away from God. He's been on drugs. He's been in prison. But I say, Kevin, you're coming home. You're far off right now, but you're coming home. You're in a far country, but your reasoning is going to return to you. Come on, somebody declare that name right now that's on your mind. Declare that name right now that's on your mind that God has stirred up to bring to your spirit and say, you're coming home. You're in a far country, but you're coming home. You're coming home. The return of the exiled kings. Some mama's got their son on their mind right now. Some mama's got that daughter on your mind right now. Somebody's got that relative on your mind. We don't want them to go to hell. They're a king. They're a king. God, give us the vision of the father while he was in the hog pen the Bible said his reasoning returned unto him and I got news for you that father saw him as a king and I can prove it to you because when that son come walking down that road and he got in close proximity to that father the daddy didn't have to say you'll have to wait six months for me to make you another coat no he said I got your coat waiting on you I got your ring waiting on you I got your shoes he said because in my eyes you've always been a king You might be drinking a Budweiser, but in my eyes, you're still a king. You might be smoking five packs of cigarettes a day, but in my eyes, you still have, you still are a king. You might have wasted your family. You might have been, but you're still a king. You're still a You're still a king. You're still a king. Hey, King Saul! He never was never. 
he was never not referred to as a king after he got that initial anointing. I feel the Holy Ghost stirring in this building so strongly. I don't know if he's ever been here, but a mighty, a, a powerful man of God, a powerful man of God, his name's Aaron Bounds. Aaron Bounds, I was with him in April, and he told me, he said, he said, Bobby, he said, I'm going to tell this in a, because I feel, I feel two things in here. I feel a release of exiles, and I feel some warfare that has to go on. And it's not going to be going on while we're crying and belly aching and complaining. He told me, he said, Bobby, he said, something's happened. He said, in the last little bit, he said, God has allowed me the, the awesome privilege of partnering with him as it pertains to backsliders. I said, oh, okay, tell me about it. He said, well, it was the other day. He said, I got a call on the phone. He said, it was just a little bit ago. I got a call on the phone. And he said, there was this voice on the other line. And his voice was trembling. And he said, preacher? He said, yes, sir. He said, he said I recognized the voice. And he said, yes, sir. He said, I called him by name. He goes, yeah. He said, I'm ready to come home. Been a backslider. An exiled king for 30 years. A king in exile for 30 years. And he said, preacher, I'm ready to come home. He said, I hung up the phone and went right to his house. He said, it was right down the road from the church. He said, when I walked into the man's garage, there was a can of beer at his feet. He said, it looked like there had been an extinguished cigarette. But he said, what I saw was I saw this mist. And the, the, he said, I saw this, uh, this spot around his chair, probably at about 10 feet in diameter. He said, I saw this, uh, this uh, moisture all around that chair. And he said, I knew it just, he said, I knew it wasn't just tears. He said, when I stepped in that garage, he said, there was a mist from God that had fell down in that garage. And he said, there was a presence of God in that garage I had not, uh, had not encountered in a long time. And he said that man was weeping. And he said that man looked at me and said, Preacher, I'm ready to come home. And he said about that time I laid my hands on his head. And he said instantly God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost right there. Okay. You didn't hear what I just said. He had been in a hog pen for 30 years. But while he was drinking a Budweiser, his, re his reasoning returned. Brother Torres, I feel it in here right now. It's in this building right now. That recovery of the exiles is in this building right this second. I'm going to tell some of us why we don't have no joy. I'm going to help us why we don't have no joy. We struggle to have joy. Because the Bible said that there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. It didn't say the angels were rejoicing. There's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. 
that means Jesus is doing the rejoicing. And if we would start getting excited about what Jesus is excited about, we wouldn't be bogged down every week with no joy. We wouldn't have to call up 57 people to get the joy of the Lord. I said, you wouldn't have to call the church hotline 12 times a week for you to get the joy of the Lord. Thirty-year backslider, he said. Is this all right? Can I tell one more? He said to me. He said he had that. I got a friend of mine at pastors in in uh, Ashland, Kentucky. His name's Gene Easterling. Uh, great folks. Got a great church. I mean, it's incredible, and uh, and a growing church. And they got a they got a they got a daughter campus in Huntington, West Virginia. So. Brother Easterling calls Brother Bounds, and he says to Brother Bounds, he says, you know this certain, certain gentleman? He goes, yeah. He goes, he goes he's a backslider. He's an exiled king. Yeah. He goes, he said, Brother Easterling said, I saw him, and he said, he's going to be coming to the, he's going to be coming to the house of God on Sunday. He said, I want you to be praying, and I want you to touch God that God will move upon him. You can't make this up. He said, all right, we're going to do it. So him and sister, so brother and sister Bounds, they got a wedding to go to over in, a, over in Tennessee, and it's on the eastern side of the state, and so they're going to cut through West Virginia to go over there to Tennessee. On the way there, brother Bounds gets violently sick. He can't even hardly catch his breath. He's about to pass out behind the wheel. His wife is over there grabbing his hand, stimulating, said, come on, honey, stay awake. And she gets Brother Google out and and looks for uh, an exit to pull off so they can get some refreshment. And she says, honey, right up here is, and I think this was probably the will of God, but uh, said, there's a Dairy Queen right up here. When you don't have Andes, you have to suffer. You have to suffer with something else. So anyway, they pulled off the exit there. They pulled off the exit, and they pulled into the Dairy Queen parking lot. When they pull into the Dairy Queen parking lot, the very backslider whose name they had called was walking out the door of that Dairy Queen. I don't think y'all are hearing me right now. Did y'all hear what I just said? It wasn't near where Brother Bounds lives, and it wasn't near where that backslider lives. But God allowed that man of God, you can call it what you want to, but God allowed that man of God to get a little bit sick, to pull off that exit so he could intersect with the exiled king, and God touched and renewed that king. And I'm going to prophesy to some of y'all right now. You're about to have some intersections with some exiled kings, and you had better be ready. Go ahead. Speak it. Go ahead. It's all 
exiled kings. I said, God's going to cause you to intersect with some exiled kings. It's coming. Just get ready. This is what I'm talking about being partners with God. Because, see, it requires meekness to get in the yoke with God. It requires humility to get in the yoke with God. And I'm going to say this right here, and I'm going to move on from it. But it is not humility to talk condescendingly about yourself. It is not humility to say you're worthless. I'm going to try that one more time. I said, it is not humility to say you're worthless. It is not humility to say you can't, well, I'm just no good. And that is not humility. That is pride. And it insults God. So right now out of your mouth, you should be saying, I can do it. Now, either the apostle Paul was arrogant or he was not when he said, I can do all things. You know why I can do it? Because my identity is hidden in Christ. My identity is hidden in Christ. So what you need to be saying right now is, so it requires humility to get in the yoke with God. You have to lower your head. You have to absolutely confess that outside of Jesus, I don't know how to get it done. So I, I am in the yoke with God. And when you get in the yoke with God, three things happen. You take on the mission, the vision, and the nature of God. Which leads to meekness. And meekness is directional. Because when you get in the yoke with God, the head ox does the pulling. And whatever he, wherever he pulls, that's where you go. Well, praise God. Well, I don't know. Are you calling Jesus an ox? Well, I don't know. You better look at the scripture. The Bible said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And then he said, take my yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am what? Meek. And meekness, ladies and gentlemen, is getting... is. Directional, God can pull and you'll go. Now, according to Galatians 6 and 1, there is a prerequisite to be partnered with God for exiled kings. You see your brother overtaken in a fault. You which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. It requires meekness to partner with God for exiled kings. And this church has it. Okay. I'm going to try that again. This church has it. 
This church has it. This church is in the yoke with God. This church don't care what they look like, how they come in here. They are, they are concerned about one thing. I know the exile king stinks. I know he's had an attitude. I know they've made a mess of their lives. I know, they don't, I, I know they've had children out of wedlock. I know they've had all kinds of lifestyles, but I am bringing the... See, see, I'm going to help you all out with something right now. The prodigal did not say, the prodigal did not say, well, you know, the prodigal, the prodigal doesn't just mean a sinner. The word prodigal don't mean backslider, my brother. The word prodigal means wasteful. I'm looking at some prodigals in here right now. Okay. I'm looking, at some, I'm looking at some prodigals in this building right now because we come in service after service and waste one move of God right after another and we don't do anything with it. Oh, well, that went over like a donut at a Weight Watchers convention. Let's try that again. Praise the Lord. How many more times are we going to waste a move of God? How many more times are we going to waste an opportunity? How many more times are we going to come into this house and the spirit of God move like it is right now and we don't do nothing with it? I got news for you. I intend to partner with God. I intend to get in the yoke with God and I intend to go after the exiled kings. Because I got news for you. The fire of God is going to fall on Mount Carmel and all the nation is going to say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Let's lift our hands one more time and pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm coming to an end. Close. Mm. Brother Torres, in 1997, I got a prophetic word from God. Well, actually, my wife did. We was in a little town called Corinth, Mississippi, and I was preaching there. And while my wife was down at the altar, she was weeping and praying and praying for others. And that man of God, who was a prophet of God, his name, I was there and he said, he called, he looked at my wife and he said, he, he didn't even realize, you know, because you know how it is, you go to, the, you know, whatever. And he looks at my wife and he says, Ma'am, he said, I don't know you. He said, but the Lord has let me know you have a family member that's sick unto death. He said, in fact, it's your mother. And she's just weeping. Because what he didn't know was, is that very week, she had got a sentence from the doctor to the tune of congestive heart failure and 
emphysema. And he said, but I want you to know, he said, your mother has been away from God. She's a backslider. He don't know us. Never met us before. He said, your mother is a backslider. But he said, I want you to know, the Holy Ghost told me to tell you tonight that before she draws her last breath, she will be in the kingdom. And she will come back. She's coming back home. That was in 1997. 98 passed, nothing happened. 99 come, nothing happened. 2000 come, nothing happened. All the way to 2011 and no move. And my mother-in-law had come to the brink of death many times. In fact, one day my wife called me and said, Bobby, you've got to pray. Uh, <clears throat> Mom is in the hospital and her liver has shut down and so is her kidneys. But she's an exiled king and I got the word she's coming home. And my wife stood by that bedside all night long and the death angel walked into that room. I, I can't help if you believe this or not. It is immaterial. The death angel walked in that room and my wife looked right at death and said, you'll have to go down the road because I have a word from God that the exiled king is coming home. And Sister Gleason, my wife called me and she said, Bobby, she said, uh, and I knew, I knew she was going to die, y'all. I knew death was imminent. But while I pulled into the parking lot of Longhorn Steakhouse in Florence, Kentucky, uh, praise the Lord, uh, hallelujah, what a wonderful place. Uh, I pulled into the parking lot of Longhorn Steakhouse. And when I did, I got in the parking space and God said to me, I want you to believe for a turnaround today. The power of God fell down in that truck. I called my wife on the phone. I said, God said to believe for a turnaround today. It's going to turn today. She said, Bobby, you ain't going to believe it. But 30 minutes ago, mom's liver and kidneys started working again. I'm talking about exercising your authority as a king. And my mother-in-law moved into my house. I don't know if that was a blessing or not, but anyway, there it goes. And my mother-in-law moved into my house. And my wife, had, my wife was going to be there to take care of her mother. While my wife is in the living in, in her mom's room that we had prepared, and my wife begins to just kind of hum and sing some of those old songs, you know. And about that time, she heard a sniffle from behind her, and the conviction of God began to fall. And about that time, she looked at her mother and said, Mom, it's time. And she laid her hand on her mother's head and prayed her mother through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <sighs> because the exiled kings. And five days later, my mother-in-law had a massive heart attack in my living room and died. But her reasoning returned to her. Her reasoning returned.
I want us to lift our hands. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house so strongly. They've got to come home. They've got to come home. They got to come home. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. It's time to get desperate now. They got to come home. They're coming home. I feel the touch of God, a mercy of God in this building. If God will do it for my mother-in-law, he'll do it for you. If God will do it for my mother-in-law, he'll do it for your family. If God will do it for my mother-in-law and rescue her five days before she took her last breath, He'll do it for your family. Come on, somebody. It's time to believe God now. Come on now. I'm done preaching. It's time to go in now. It's time. That prodigal son, that prodigal son, Brother Justin Gleason, the prodigal son, The Bible didn't say he was going to arise and go to the father's house. He said, I'm going to arise and go to my father. Because I don't know what I'll find at the father's house. Unless the father's house takes on the spirit of the father. The Father's house has got to take on the spirit of the Father. We got to go out and look every day. Is that is my king coming home today? I know you're cleaning the house, boys, but don't you be moving my boy's ring and robe and shoes. They're not going into the attic. They're not going in the attic. That ring and robe and shoes is not going in the attic. They're going to be real close where I can get my hands on them. Because today's the day my boy's coming home. Hey, I want to ask the Life Church is every Sunday, are somebody out there at those front doors looking and saying, Today's the day the kings are coming home? Today's the day. Hey, what about Wednesday night? Is somebody saying, hey, the kings are coming home? I'm telling you, God stirred the hearts of the kings. I'm telling you, it's happening. I want us to stand to our feet and lift our hands and begin to begin to beseech God and, thank, and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost with all the fervency you have.